And I'm so excited for my friends to join me to have fun up here tonight. Obviously, my man, Pastor Tellis, is here with us tonight, as well as Christine Wilkins, who's the head of our singles ministry, and our great worship leader, Stephen Darby. You guys welcome them with me. Oh, yes. I'm feeling so good. How are you guys? You guys doing okay? Great, great. great. How are you? Good, good. How you feeling, Darby? I feel great. You feel, feel good? Great. How you feel? Oh, I'm so happy you feel good, good because I feel good too. Tell us, my man, this AJ, word on man. Sunday, yeah. clear eyes, full, full hearts. hearts. Can't, Can't lose. lose. Can't lose. Come on. I told him afterwards, I've never, like, maybe we messed up the tagline of the series. Like, maybe, like, the idea that when you do relationships God's way, you can't lose. I'm like, that we should, why do we wait till week three to introduce that? <laughs> you that should have been at the start. You want to change the title? We just changed the title. <laughs> can't lose. You can't yeah. lose. That's what we called it. No, it's so good, man. Um, yeah, so thoughts, reflections on this message. I know you were very gracious to give me time to share maybe one extra thought, uh, something I didn't get to, didn't get to squeeze in because of time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts, reaction, and what's it? What's a Benson Sunday? Yeah, no, um, this, I think these, this whole series, Lovesick, has been a huge topic to tackle, and singleness has been a huge topic to tackle as well. And as we talk about singleness, um, Paul specifically is talking about three groups of people in 1 Corinthians 7. Right. And we didn't get a chance to address those three groups of people. He's talking about the people who are married. He's talking to the people who are not yet married. And then he's talking to the people who are single. Right. And so he kind of divides it up into three places as somebody. um, And we kind of addressed uh, singleness as a whole, but they're kind of two groups that Paul references. The people who want to be married and aren't married yet. And the people who he says, if you can stay single, you should. And so there are two groups of people. The if Um, you can's. If you can, yeah, yeah. And, and it's 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 a thing that God places on people's heart that if you can be single, you should be single. Jesus said that. Mm-hmm. He says, for the sake of the kingdom, if it's possible for you to be single and not to be married, then you should do that. Um, and so, singleness as a whole topic, we talked about the purpose of it, yeah. right? And so, I didn't get a chance to really talk about the desire, yeah. right? Right. And so this whole message wasn't necessarily catered to the emotional, the desire, the heart of. Which is surprising for you as an emotional guy. I know. You went a it very is. tactical, purposeful approach. There weren't any tears. There were no message. tears I on know. Sunday, which Somehow. is a testament. It's yeah, a testament. Great. Maybe I'm growing or maybe I'm hardening. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah. But um, <laughs> maybe it's too close to home. Huh? Uh, we, um, oh, no. The tears came after the message. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I cried afterwards. Yeah. Um, but how Paul specifically, he's, he's talking to the people and giving the purpose of singleness. And so that's what this message was intended to do with the knowledge that there are many people in the not yet married category, right? And so there is that purpose, which I think fuels and gives a lot of direction. And if I could have talked about something else, I would have talked to the people who, who are in the not yet married, not yet married category. Um, and I would say to those people that they're that kind of the full heart um, – point of the message spoke a lot towards that, but the truth that uh, Proverbs 4.23, it's really important to guard your heart above all else because everything you do flows from it. it. And so if there is not a full heart within you, um, even if you're a happy single, you're uh, doing all the right things, you're going to all the right places and making memories and doing activities and saving your money and stewarding your resources well and doing everything that's preparing you well for marriage... The truth is that 
your uh, heart doesn't follow your mouth. Yeah. Mm. So even if everything is right on the outside, it's still so important to follow and to guard your heart. Not to follow your heart, but to guard your heart. Um, and I would say to those people who are in the not yet married category um, that God writes so much of a better love story than we do. Yeah. Come on. And that good. the Lord has a better hand and a better eye and a better heart yeah, than we do. Very good. Um, very good. And so there's, the, there's this tenderness that, that the Lord knows you. Yeah. He cares for you. He has a purpose for you. Yeah. Um, that wasn't necessarily talked on in the message because it was designed to talk about the purpose of mm-hmm. it. And I don't want to neglect the heart of it, that there are a lot of people in this room who probably want to be married and aren't yet. And so to that, I would say that the Lord is faithful um, and that he's, he's a far better storyteller than we are. And so we can trust him with that. I love that. I love that. Uh, we're going to take, I forgot to say this at the top, but we're, we're taking questions tonight as we always do uh, using Slido. And so I think there's probably a lower third up there that you can see, but you can send your questions in now. Um, if you go to slido.com, you can enter that number 826-193. It'll pull up the questions we've got. You can upvote questions. You can add questions uh, and we'll get to those in just a few minutes. So um, I think it's been fun. Yeah, people are popping stuff in already. Um, I think it's fun. People have been following along in the Slido and seeing the questions and then we get comments. You should answer that question. Why didn't you? It's like, yeah, there's a ton in there. Uh, Christine, my friend, come on, Christine. Christine leads our singles ministry here. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. Um, Yeah. Thoughts from Sunday, thoughts on singleness. Yeah. Just go ahead and share your, your heart. Yeah. Um, been single all my life, so this to hear this message on Sunday was amazing. Um, I especially love the part about how we as singles uh, take care of the house of the Lord. That's what we're our main purpose is. And then the word tells us that after that, after we seek God and his righteousness, everything else will be added. And so that includes marriage, if that's what we're looking for. Um, there are so many different aspects to singleness. There are single, never married. There are single, uh, divorced, single, widowed, you know, single parents. Shout out to my single parents out there. Come on, shout out. Um, but, you know, it's, it's all about who we are in yeah. Christ yeah. and then um, what we do how we build his kingdom where that's what the single community is here to do. And everything else is just like cake on top of that. Right. Come on. What a beautiful perspective. Can we use snaps for that? I think that's just, that's so good. Christine. That's so good. My brother, my man, yes, sir. Stephen Darby. Yes, sir. So glad you're with us. Yes, sir. Um, reflections from the message. What was your takeaway? Uh, one of the biggest takeaways for me was um, that singleness is actually a gift from God. And I think, so many times because of our experiences that we have in life, uh, we can view it to be something that, you know, like Pastor Teller's called it a burden, or we can uh, deem it to be something that is like an insecurity when in actuality, like, do we actually view it as a gift from God? And um, another point from Sunday that really stuck out to me um, is that like, when you're single, there's an undivided pursuit that you have toward the Father um, and the kingdom. And I think oftentimes we uh, overlook that for whatever reasons, because sometimes society, um, the comparison factor and everything, uh, tells us that singleness means like going on vacation, you know, get going to the gym, getting the best gym bod, or, you know, trying to see how many numbers you can get, go out and hang. But it's like, like you're, you're given this gift for the purpose of upbuilding the kingdom. And I think because of the way of the world, we, we sometimes lose track of that reality and that truth. And so realizing that, Hey, being single, 
is a gift from the Father. And it's not just something that we just say, but it, it, it truly is. It, it's for his glory and it's to do, uh, to, to do good to others. You know what I'm saying? So that's the man. That's, okay, so be real with me, though. Yes, sir. Tell us that preach is good. Singleness is a gift. And a good gift from God is a gift from God is a gift for God. Amen. And it takes faith to use your gift. So you got to put faith on this gift God has given you. And I think it's true. And I think it's right. But come on. Does it really feel like a gift? <laughs> I think Darby. Tell the answer. Go ahead. Go not, ahead. Not all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. But I, but I do believe that every season and every stage of our life, man, there is an intention that the Father has for us. You know what I mean? So even in a single state, there's an intention behind this season, quote unquote, yeah. to use that word. But um, there's an intention. You know, there's things that we're supposed to do in this state of singleness that we can't do once we're married and vice versa. So, um, yeah, just I think having the right perspective along that line so that helps you be content. Yeah, absolutely. You want to, it's our heart postures going through this. Yes, we go through things. There are trials, there are hardships and things of that nature. There are also great times and wonderful times taking those vacations and things of that. But it's important to keep our heart posture toward God when, even when it's not easy, even when it's tough, when you're like, I really want this spouse, you know, I want this person or I want to have children and I want to do it right or whatever the case may be, it's keeping a heart posture toward God of humility yeah. and just like, Lord, let me serve you. Yeah. Yeah. If I serve you, everything else yeah. will be added. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting because you, you kind of asked me, is, is it a gift? And I would say, well, it is, but does it feel like it? Probably not sometimes. Right. But I'm gonna throw what you said last week. It's like, in the same way that sometimes like everything is hard, yeah. you know, and like yeah. anything that's worth it is, is hard. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes we, and I think that measuring by different metric, that yeah. idea of like the can't lose yeah. matters here because it's, it's the hard truth, but God doesn't owe us marriage. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's owed it. And, and we, sometimes we think it and we're like, well, no, it's in, it's in my heart, but that doesn't, doesn't mean that it's something that God has promised to give us for our faithfulness. He'll give us a spouse. That's not what he says. And, and as it comes with that, I think sometimes that's, that's difficult. That's tough, especially when we feel it and we want it. And it's, it's something good to want. It's not a sin to want. And so you have this like issue or this dichotomy between those two things. Um, and so, no, I don't, I think practically, no, sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Um, and that's where it's important to see, like, am I going to, am I going to define my own life? Am I going to lead my own life? Am I, I, I've already surrendered my whole life to God, but then if he didn't promise me or give me this, then do I, do I take it into my own hands? Like Abraham did, you know what I mean? Am I saying, God, I trust you with everything. And then he's like, all right, I'm gonna give you a son. And you're like, yeah, but when, but when, Mm -hmm. but when, but he's not going to do it just in case I'll have a plan B. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's the temptation and I just, definitely, yeah, it's not, it's not easy, though. No. It's, it's, a, it's an incredibly hard pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, we just, it rolls off the tongue. Like, yeah. that might not be God's purpose. Yeah. But when it's attached to desire yeah, yeah. and this idea of and something. Knowing God gave you that desire. In, yeah, and that's a good desire to have. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, you mentioned the long wait, right? The long and, wait. Uh, the lo- <laughs> Tell us about the long wait, <laughs> Minister Christine. <laughs> Yeah, some of us have short waits, and then there are others that have longer waits. So I, years ago, I wanted to be married, and I still want to be married now, but my wait has been a long time, <laughs> a very long time. Um, but it's about me patiently waiting on God and not trying to do it myself. As Pastor Tellis mentioned, doing things the way Abraham and Sarah did it, we don't want to do that, right? We, don't, we want to 
patiently wait. Like I, I love to say waiting well. You know, there's different ways to wait, but if we wait well in it, God will fulfill those desires. And if it be that I be single, amen, I will continue to serve God. My service is not going to lack. But if you're waiting and you're like, it's been years, Lord, it's been 20 years, it's been 15 years, whatever it might be, trust God in the wait. And continue to serve him because he looks at the heart. Yeah. The Bible tells us that he looks on the, in, at the heart, and yeah. whereas man looks on the outward appearance. So, yeah. Yeah. That is, um, you know, I have such a, I, I commi- I, there's a grace and a faith on singles in the long wait that to me is uh, very inspiring and very commendable. Because it's, because it's not desiring a sinful thing. It's not desiring a thing that's bad for you. It's desiring a thing that God calls good. And is a gift and is a blessing. And I just preached on how it's a blessing and it's a God's gift to us, right? And so I know that and I know there's a desire and I know sometimes desires go unfulfilled. And so for mature believers to get to a point where they can go, this is what I want. And even if you don't give me that, I still love you, right? And I'll still be faithful to you. I go like, man, that, that, is, that takes a great amount of faith. And so, um, you know, we were talking about just this idea of... Um, of, you know, single people can steward the house of the Lord. We've got time to devote ourselves and, and all of that. And yet I think the temptation is, you know, married people and single people, I think the temptation is always to go like, oh, no, you got it better. Like we at the same time are going like, oh, no, but there's things about your life that are, so, you know, like you can just up and go. You don't have to ask anybody anything. You don't have little people you got to factor in a trip. You can just go, right? And single people are going like, yeah, but you have little people. I, I wish I had some little people. So you can text Michelle if you want to babysit our little people. Um, that's just a plug. So I heard a few yes. Uh, t- Pastor Tiffany and Pastor JC, we can get on it. We'll share. So thank you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> I say that because I think you, um, you spoke to the idea of contentment. And I think that's what all of this strikes back towards is where do we get our contentment from? Do, do you want to just bring that back up for us? Yeah, it, it was this idea that Jesus t- teaches about how to be content and how to not be anxious in, in Matthew. And I believe that that uh, anxiety, Jesus was connecting it to a future event that once I get these things or don't worry about if you'll have that or if you'll have this. And sometimes we can be discontent in putting our faith in a future hope of being married. Therefore, we don't have any faith for where we currently are. And so now our contentment can't be found in now because it lives in tomorrow. And I think that that can be dangerous for us because we've, it's the grass is always greener. It's the, you guys have it better. It's the desire in my heart. And all those things are real. Um, And Jesus teaches us, I believe that if, we are not content and specifically not content in what I have today, yeah. but content in him, in him. today. Yeah. Then, uh, so the question that just came in is, can you be content in all of that you said and still desire and dream about marriage? Is that wrong? Or do I have to cut myself off from the dr- dream and the desire mm-hmm. or can I be content and still, what do you guys, oh, that's an open. So go ahead. Kristen. Yeah, you can absolutely, um, still desire those things. Yeah. Because I'm a firm believer that God gives you these desires. They're not just out of the blue, you know. So you can still dream, but don't let that be your main focus. Still, you know, know what your purpose is. And to add on on to that, I think just having a a healthy 
quote unquote sober perspective when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to, hey, I have a desire to do this X, Y, and Z. However, I will be content where I am. And even if that doesn't happen, I'll still be content because I trust God. So um, just having a healthy perspective, like, and just revisiting that as often as you need to, I think it's possible to have uh, both as well. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Theology question. Tell us. Sorry. Yes. Just as a, AJ. It's, it's, I think it's a very interesting, I don't know who said it, but it's a very interesting Can't question. Uh-huh. The, you know, we, we talk about Paul was single, but we also, there's like, he was, he, we think he might've been married at some point. And so we don't know for sure, but there's a thought, you know, he says, be single as I am single, but there's also other things in scripture that point to maybe at one point he was married. And so, so this question, it's a great question. Whoever asked this, do you think Paul spoke from such a place of contentment and singleness because he had experienced marriage at some point. I get it. You get it? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I don't think so because Paul's entire life changed when he met Jesus. Yeah. There you go. And so everything about Paul changed. So it was Saul who, if, if it's true, yeah. it was Saul who was married. Jesus changed him to an extent that he was not Saul anymore. Paul had completely different desires than Saul did. Yeah. Now, he had zeal and he had, he was effective and he was wise beyond his years. And we find that in Philippians that Saul was a very, very competent person in what he was doing. But I, I don't, I don't think so because what I see is Paul is an entirely different creature than Saul was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that he said, Oh, well, I've already been satisfied in these ways. And that's even to say Maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that marriage will ultimately satisfy. If I've had it, then I don't need it because I've already experienced it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's true. Like, I've been, Paul was married for six years. He's like, oh, well, I've already experienced marriage, so I don't need it anymore. That would assume that marriage satisfies you totally, which I don't think it does. Maybe you could speak to that. But I I, I don't think that Paul could say that, um, saying because he's been married, now he is okay being single because he was an entirely different person. Yes. My marriage satisfies me. So love you, Michelle. You're not going to get me on this stage saying something crazy about my marriage. I'm, that was a T-ball. I, I set you up. You keep trying. You, you felt the wrong spirit. It was an like alley-oop. the matrix over here, man. <laughs> dodging these bullets left and right. Don't come at me with this. Oh, Darby, let's, let's talk about this. Living, living a single life. This idea of living it to its fullest, yes. to contentment. Yes. What does that actually look like, though? How, how can you live single, live fulfilled, live content, yeah. like practically, yeah. right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, okay, okay. Um, how can you... What are some things that you okay. can do? Like, like, what does it look like to be a single man in okay. the world with friendships, okay. with people serving with... Okay. Can, can we get keys? And yeah, I was going to say, just, <laughs> he'll sing if we can get the keys. Um, no. To be honest, man, is it easy? No. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not easy. However, um, looked in the camera on that. No, I, I think I think for, for me specifically, for me specifically, when you really seek the Lord about purpose and what you're here to do, you have a different focus. So your focus doesn't become the day-to-day satisfaction of what, the, of what society deems to be success, but it becomes, you know, what can I do today that's adding to my purpose for tomorrow and, and the day after? So, um, and not to be deep, but that's literally like what the goal is for yeah. me. And then everything else is just a byproduct of that. Yeah. Um, if it's like work or if it's working out, if it's like just serving in the house of God, um, you know, that's literally a byproduct of what my overall 
right. intent is. Um, is it easy? Again. No. No. <laughs> it's not easy. However, but it can be done. And it, it takes not only a devotion to the Lord, a disciplined devotion to the Lord. It takes a, a group of people as well in your life, yeah. an accountability group of people, man, who really have the heart of the Father, who love Jesus, and who really can add to you, you know, yeah. and you add to them and vice versa. So, um, again, is it easy? <laughs> No, but it's possible. It's, right? possible. it's possible. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely possible. And yeah. I, I think, yeah. I mean, the things yeah. that I drew out, I mean, it's attached to purpose, yeah. which is a, obvious. That's a significant conversation for anybody single or married yeah. to have with God and to understand that. But then you talked about, then you apply that in your work. Yeah, You absolutely. apply that in your service in the church. Absolutely. You apply that in what you love to go out to eat. Yeah. Like just yeah. the things yeah. that you do. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like I was trying to say last week, I don't want to make, you know, the, Christian view of marriage, just like die to yourself every day. Or like yeah. the Christian view of yeah. singleness, like just pray 24 hours a day, yeah, never yeah, stop reading. Yeah. You just must die for the Lord. It's like, yeah. no, you can enjoy the yeah, beauty absolutely. of life and friendship absolutely, absolutely, and the good things of God and live in a way that's yeah. fulfilled. I agree. You want to add to that or no? You just were agreeing with me. Oh, thank you. Ditto to what Darby said. Okay. You can agree with me. I just, and I, think even in I turned my head, so, so I didn't know if you were like, yeah, one more. Can I just yeah. I think even in addition to that, when it comes to because I genuinely love serving the house of God, like that's no that's no it's never an inconvenience for me, right? So I believe me being single affords me the ability to devote as much time as I need to, yeah. you know, if I have to serve, if I would like to serve, I don't have to worry about uh right now, you know, being home by like nine PM to put the kids to put the bed or if that is a curfew. Amen. Uh, um, it's a curfew. <laughs> He said they're a little bit earlier than but, nine. No, but there, there, there's it's a, a blessed curfew. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a degree of of liberty that I'm able to operate within when it comes to service. You know, you know I was messing with them. That's yeah. a great point. Sorry, I was messing with them before, and now I'm realizing they're turning it on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get me to say crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going. He's working. Um, <laughs> you've caught me unawares. Uh, can you talk about, so one of the things, great, um, proverb in a, in a song of Solomon's, uh, do not awaken love before it's time. And that's so good. Right. And we love that. What does that mean? And how do I not do that? Like, what if I want to be awake to love so that it might find me, right? How do you not <laughs> go ahead, Darby, say something. <laughs> How, how, how do you not? What, what's the question? What's the question? Do not awaken Would you like to me read it verbatim? Is, yeah, I'll Can you talk some more about how to not wait, awaken love before it's time? Yeah. Especially when you're surrounded by people in relationships and have a desire for marriage. Yeah. 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 I think um, when you're surrounded by people who are in relationships and you want marriage, it's the difference between seeing somebody as a uh, competition yeah. and seeing somebody as a compliment mm -hmm. because when you base yourself off of what's going on around you, I totally get why you would see yeah. it's like, how am I supposed to be content now when I'm surrounded by all these people yeah. who are so incredibly happy in a relationship? Yeah. I, I see it. Yeah. And I think it's because we start, it, it's, it's human nature to see that person say measure up against that person. Yeah when we're never meant to measure up to that person, we're the body of Christ who complement each other continually. And the only person we do measure up against is Jesus himself, who has called us righteous and fulfilled in him. Um, how do you not awaken or how do you not awaken love before time? Um, I mean, I was talking about like the Bay blockers, like <laughs> you, 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 you got, I, I, in my opinion. So like, I'm a hopeless romantic, right? So like in college, if I, uh, 
<laughs> so I, uh, I'm just gonna. That was the spiritual fruit of self-control <laughs> you were just witnessing on display. You know, in college, I hmm. Wait a minute. I still want to be respected. Darby, did you want to finish here. this question? Fast as hell, this guy. No, but there were certain things that I honestly did not allow myself yeah. to do yeah. until I was more mature. I I believe that rules are important until wisdom is mature. And so if you don't have the wisdom or the discernment to be able to guard your heart well, place things in your way to where you can't get to that point. And so I did not allow myself to have certain conversations, to download certain apps, to talk to certain, to, to, to dream certain things. Part I shared, I think it was last week. Um, that, uh, th- uh, the relationship that I had was like heartbreaking for me. And that's what kind of shaped me a lot in, in college, to be honest. And part of what I did is I had no rules when it came to the future about that person. I was like, we're getting married and I'm going to do this and we're going to name our kids this. And that's, that was com- so damaging for me. And I'm sure for her as well, because I couldn't give her any of those things. I just said all of those things. Um, and so that was awakening love for me, for, for you, I, I'm not sure what it was for ever asked this question, but I would assess, I would take inventory and not just allow your heart to dream whatever you wanted to dream. Jeremiah teaches us that you're supposed to actually, uh, 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 not question. What did he say? Um, uh, he said the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. And so to trust your heart is actually foolishness in the scriptures to some extent. So what, what I would say is I would say take inventory of the places that awaken love in your life. And until wisdom is mature, set up rules. Yeah. Very good. That's very good. Valid. Yeah, please go ahead. I would say um, be careful what you're watching on TV um, or movies you might be watching. Um, all of these reality shows and everybody's kissing everybody and everything is happening. Um, that stuff gets inside your mind and you know, it causes you to dream at night or it causes you to do different things. And so you want to just be careful about that and set some boundaries like Pastor Tellus was saying, and don't go past those boundaries as best as possible. Which means then having somebody that holds you accountable, having community to walk in, somebody to discuss these things with, like maybe a small group. Have that friend you call and say, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that replaces that. I mean, you're right. Having somebody that you can call in a tough moment. And I think, you know, it's, you know, you take it with any kind of sin. For most of us, there's that trigger point where, you know, like, if I go beyond that, I, it's going to be a problem for me. Right? And there's that kind of self-discernment where you go, if I let myself, like, I might like that person and think about them. But if I take it one step further in my mind, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. going to regret this. And I think we just, that's self-control, right? That's the Holy Spirit. We got to have that. Um, I would love for your guys' thoughts on this. As singles, um, I know you guys are all connected to community in the church and all of that. And yet all of us go home at the end of the day. Maybe we live by ourselves or maybe we're not as connected in the church as we want to be. We've been trying to, you know, our work friends are just work friends and we're feeling lonely. How do you deal with loneliness as a single? What do you do about that? And how do you navigate those moments? Wow. What do you do about loneliness? Um, hmm. To be honest, I'm just be honest. I literally go to God about it. Yeah. I yeah. go to God about it. You know, God, like I'm, I'm, I'm going through, man. Your son is going through. And, you know, I really allow myself to, to lean into his presence. And if it's something practical that I'll do, um, I would like 
do something productive, whether that's like working on like a project or something like that, or an arrangement, or I'll I'll, I'll figure out a way to to take that desire and build it towards something that I would like to work on. Um, and if it's just quote unquote uncontainable, if you will, I'll just you know just hit up some friends. Hey, let's go get food. Let's hang. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I think that is my. What point. does going to God look like for you? To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I know I keep saying that. I'm sorry, y'all. But um, yeah. just at which point were you lying tonight? <laughs> That's actually like me buffering just to make sure. Okay, <laughs> like, he's loading. He's running. It's like, like you know I'm buffering. <laughs> Being honest with God, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah, you know this week has looked like this. Prayer, prayer, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. praying for sure. Yeah. Um. And just being honest with the Lord. Like, one thing that I've learned about my relationship with the Father is that he already knows anyway. Yeah. You know, so creating that space where I can just go to him and just pray and just, you know, if he directs me to a scripture, I'll chew on that for a bit. And if it's like just worship, if it's listening to music, listen to worship music, I'll do that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like for me um, outside of productivity yeah. in terms of tangible things. How about for you? Yeah. Um, I actually now I kind of just let myself go through it. It's okay. It's okay to feel lonely. Um, I do the same things. I pray. Um, I worship. I love to, to worship. Um, sometimes it's, when, it's, when I'm feeling really, really lonely, I'll call a friend, like yeah. you said, yeah. call a friend. Yeah. Uh, community is key. Oh, yeah, community yeah, is yeah, key. yeah, yeah, key. Um, I'll journal. Yeah. You know, it just depends on what's going on. I'll draw. I'll play a game, <laughs> you know. Um, but sometimes you just have to go through it. It's, yeah. it's, there, there's not always a way of escape yeah. Yeah. when you're feeling lonely. Unfortunately, no, that's very good. That's very good, Christine. Very good. Um, do you want to add? No, you're good. Okay, yeah. No, no. yeah, and that's a tough one. And that's a tough one. And you know, I just um, from my vantage point, I would just say there are a lot more people who feel just like you, yeah. Yeah. and so there are a lot of people who feel lonely. It's not uncommon. And um, and being an initiator in relationship, yeah. just what what you both said, like, is there someone I can call? Yeah. Like, even if I got the one friend, can I, can I just, can I just milk that one friend and lean on them and then have that transparent conversation? And again, like, you know, for me, the, the grace of confession of telling a friend what you're going through, what you're struggling with and how you're feeling takes power away from the enemy against you. And it puts it in the hands of your friend. And so when I go tell us, man, I'm, I'm doing terribly and I'm, you know, having these kind of thoughts and this and that. And I tell you that I no longer carry that burden and the devil doesn't make me feel shame about it or bad about it, but my friend makes me feel hopeful about it. And that's a whole, that changes the whole conversation. Um, there's a, there's a question in here for me. I wasn't planning on answering questions tonight, but there's actually, there's actually two, but I think this is a good one. It's our turn to interview you now. I know. Well, and they're trying to get me too. So I'm wondering if you sent this. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, it says from Telus. Yeah, no. Uh, it was upvoted a lot, too, so y'all were over I, there. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. You brought your iPad up here. I knew it. Uh, okay, so the question for Pastor AJ. What is the biggest benefit of singleness that you realize now that you are a married man with kids? So what do I see as the biggest benefit of singleness? So um, see how this is almost a trap. It's a trap. Yep. It's a trap. So first of all, you love marriage more than anything. Thank you so much. Yes, you do. Say that for me. <laughs> Where's the camera? Michelle? He loves. There she is. <laughs> I got you. 
camera four. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's a great question. It's a very good question because on the other side, you have perspective that you didn't have. Um, and I think that's valuable for some, because that's what we were saying is like, you kind of just go like, oh no, you've got it better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then what is better, right? Because the things that I have in my life are great and I love them and I cherish them. And just like anything, everything is challenging and everything is hard. And they're both gifts. And they're both and so gifts. if we start to place one above the other and we right. say like, oh, well, if I compliment one, then I'm uh, 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 like despising the other. It's right. not true. It's not true. Yeah. It's not true. It's not true, Michelle. It's not true. No. Um, I'm weak. I love my wife. I don't even know if she's watching or not. I think she is. I think she is. Um, so the benefits that I see of being single and, um, I, so we were talking about just the idea that like the curfew is a legit thing. And it's not that I have a curfew be home by this time. It's just what you said, tell us my attention is always divided and rightfully so. And I'm glad that it is. Yeah. And I love that it is because I have this thing, but it's not easy for me to be wherever I needed at any time that I'm needed because it's not just me. Yeah. Right. And in fact, Today, there was a thing. I was supposed to be up here for something, and I was needed at home. And I forgot I was needed at home. But if you, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm choosing my family over my work. Yeah. And I'm not going to take questions on that, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's my priority. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's going to make maybe some people yeah. feel like I'm less available. But that's, that's just what that is. Like, yeah. those are my children. So, yeah, get over it, <laughs> I guess. But, but that's a benefit, right? Yeah. To go like, hey, you're needed campus conferences this weekend yeah. you want to stay till 2 a.m and tear down i got nowhere i got nowhere else to be right like or that idea of like i'm available that is a gift and so that whole idea of being available to serve to participate in things that truly is a gift yeah. Yeah. um but more but more than that because we've talked about that the idea that you have a i got married right after college i got married when i was 22 years old um i got engaged in december of 2008 i was still in school and I graduated in May of 2009. I got married in June of 2009. And I, it's just what I told people then at the time. Like, I knew what I wanted, and that was my plan. I wanted to be married right after I got out of college and start life and just yeah. go. Um, and so I've, I did my self-discovery phase with Michelle, yeah. with somebody else, yeah. which means who I am now is very much not who I was yeah. at 22. Yeah. Now, my wife is incredible, and we've grown through that, and there's great grace on that. But I think if you're single, you have opportunity to do jobs maybe you wouldn't normally do, try things you maybe wouldn't normally try, go places you maybe wouldn't normally go, and have experiences that are just kind of independently driven to go like, I want to do this thing. I will explore that. I think that's a gift because there's a sense of self-discovery and finding yourself that makes you um, – I don't know if I want to say more – but it makes you have a greater sense of self when you enter into marriage. You know your likes and dislikes. You know kind of where you're going yeah. with your life. And you can get in the flow with somebody else for that. And I think that's a gift. That's yeah. a benefit. It certainly is. Yeah. Um, okay. My, my, my. There's some good questions in here. Okay. So let's do this one. The balance between finding my needs met by God versus finding my needs met by friends and by relationship. Um, what is the balance of a single person? So we talk about devotion, you're feeling lonely, take that to God. And yet also, I'm sure if you, there's people here, like I'm tired of praying that prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's my other option? How do you find balance maybe is the question. And I don't know if we can assign a number to the balance, but what does balance look like 
in that for you guys? What does balance look like? Um, and you're referencing balance for our relationships. Relational needs, yeah. V balance on the end on the other side is with Jesus? How do I? Yeah, I already clicked it away, so yeah. I'll have to remember. If, yeah, no, if, if, if I heard it right, yeah. I mean, it's completely unbalanced, yeah. right? Like, it should not, <laughs> it shouldn't be balanced. I think yeah. that I can lean on God infinitely, totally, completely with no worry, and that's where my full yeah. weight should be. Um, and if it's not, and I lean on people, now the church is there designed and has a purpose in my life, absolutely. So I'm not diminishing the church at all. Yeah. I love the church. Yeah. And I think it is unbalanced. If I'm putting as much weight on Jesus as I am on my friends, I think that's wrong. Yeah. I think that more weight should be on Jesus. Yeah. Um, evidenced by Jesus will never leave me. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, in every season of my life, no matter where I'm going to be, I need Jesus. Yeah. He has to be the cornerstone of yeah. where everything yeah. of my life comes from. Yeah. And so all of my friendships, those are the... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a byproduct to be honest. Yeah. That, that Jesus calls us to be in a relationship. So it's yeah. good. And for our betterment. Yeah. Um, but that is not the, the, the foundation, yeah. the yeah. cornerstone. Yeah. And it, I don't even think it should be balanced. I think it should be yeah. pretty lopsided towards Christ. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to move into our speed round. So we're going to 10 to 15 seconds per answer. We're going to move through some, some of these. Christine, the first one is for you. You can take more than 15 seconds. This is actually, um, a good thoughtful question that I think you can minister to directly. What advice, Christine, would you give a woman in her mid-30s whose desire is marriage and children, but is beginning to lose hope that God will not fulfill those desires? How would you counsel and encourage somebody in that season? Uh, having the been speed there. round will start after this. I just I was going to say. That was a big <laughs> 15. I was looking at the next one. Yes. So. Having been there uh, myself, it, there's a hope in God that we have to have that you can't, uh, that doesn't diminish. There is knowing that our father wants the best for us. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been waiting, God still wants that for you, yeah. you know? Um, and there's a, there's a faith that we have to step out on. As Pastor Tellis was saying, put your full weight on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, like, I say to myself, no matter what, we're going to trust God, yeah. no matter what this situation looks like, because it gets rough. Yeah. And it's like, I really want this. Why isn't it happening? And then you look at uh, Facebook or Instagram and you see all these babies and all these yeah. couples and you're like, oh, my God. Sorry. Why? <laughs> Like, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's good. But you wait. In God and trust that he has your best interest at heart. He's not going to let you fail. Our father doesn't do that. Amen. Very good. Very and good. Even to add to that, what are mm -hmm. you doing while you're waiting is, is another thing that I feel like we should probably be more aware of. How are you stewarding this season and this time? So I know the desire is there and I know the desire is heavy, um, but I still believe that there's a stewardship that we're supposed to practice with the space and the season that we're into. Um, so I would good. just add that to you. Excellent. All right. Speed round. Ready? Okay. I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to start with you again, Christine, because this is a question Let's about go. future husbands. This is an e easy one. This should take you th three seconds to answer. Should I be praying for my future husband as a single person? Yes. Absolutely. Pray for him, that his relationship with God is great, his finances, his job. Pray for anything you can think of. Amen. Uh, book, Power of a Praying Wife, yeah. is one that you can read as a single. It keeps you, you know. 
Good. You're ready. Uh, this actually is for women again, so you're back up. Sorry, Christine. Absolutely. We'll go three in a row. Yes. But people want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can go. We're actually fine. Yeah, I'll just hang out with Christine. Um, for women that are dating, what are some characteristics you think they should look for in a man, specifically one that would um, indicate a man from like Ephesians 5.25, a man who would be willing to lay his life down for his bride, who would be the head of the household and lead in those ways? So when you think of that, what are the characteristics of a man, and you guys um, can certainly describe yourselves as well. <laughs> yes. Da, da, da. Um, that was really good. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to serve. <laughs> um, I would say con someone who's consistent. If you're looking at him, is is does consistency. consistency is key. Does what he say says line up with what he does? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then how does he treat you? Yeah. Is, <laughs> how does he treat you? How does he treat um, his, his friends? And, you know, if you know him that well, but really communication, consistency, yeah. is he who he says he is or is he going to flip later? That's one. Mm -hmm. Tell us, how do you find true community in the church when it's hard to connect because we're so big? How do you find real community in a place like this? I mean, uh, 15 seconds, s small group. Um, don't leave as soon as church ends. Don't come as soon as church starts. Come to things that you're not, you don't feel like you're required to be at. Join a team to serve somewhere um, and introduce yourself to somebody that you want to be friends with. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I've seen you chase people down just to say, hey, I'm Tellus. What's your name? Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. No, he's not. Uh, Stephen. Yes. Does God intend for everyone to be married at some point? Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I would say, I would say no. I would say no. I would say no. Yeah. I would say no. Yeah. Tell us, do sexual desires only become a need Oh, this may be amazing for me. I, this question keeps coming back up about this being a need. Does it only become a need after a person is married? And if so, why? Oh, no. I mean, Paul says if... A you, need. Does sexual desire only become... Oh, oh, a need. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, it's from... Oh, so this is uh -huh, why uh -huh. it's for you. Gotcha, I'm gotcha, gotcha. Passing it to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people who are celibate. We think celibacy is like this grand, incredible, like unattainable thing. Right. No, celibacy is... To be honest, it's more normal than you think it is. Right. Um, so, no, it's not a need. Yeah. yeah. And, and seeing the question now, because we talked about it last week, and then we talked more afterwards, and I was like, oh, I think I may have missed the intent of the question. Um, this question goes, so it's the idea of like, well, so I'm dating a man. You told me a man has a need for intimacy. What am I supposed to do? Well, this goes back to the whole idea of not wait, awakening love before it's time. And so it's not time for that to be a need right now. And if he's doing things and living in ways and you guys are doing things that are awakening that, it's going to be really hard to, to, to quell, to quench that fire, right? So stop throwing gas on a fire because it's going to be really hard to put it out. So that's where we need to exercise discipline, boundaries, accountability, have these conversations. Here's what we will do. Here's what we won't do. And here's why. For some people, that needs to be very strict and very clear cut. 
And you need to do that. And you need to protect yourselves and guard that. Because intimacy is more than just a physical act. I'm telling you, it's more than that. It's spiritual, it's emotional, it's so many other things. And that is reserved for the marriage relationship. And it's not to be awakened until then. So it becomes a need then because it's a part of the health and the consummation of your marriage union. Before then, that thing better be asleep. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard and fast, <laughs> it's a hard and fast rule. And then Paul even says within marriage that there are certain times when you could put it away and then certain times when it's important to come back together as a married couple. And so it's, it's a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to close on this one. It's eight 30. This is the question. <sighs> yes. AJ. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. I'm not questions. I'm not going to ask Darian. I want to though. Um, this is a good one. Do we have a destined person for our life? This is the question of the one. And I think I know who answer, who asked it now. Is there a one? Do you believe in the one? I'm going to go to the audience. If anyone would like to answer this question. Do you believe in the one? Do do we have a destined? I believe that you are destined for someone. However, there is a thing called will. There will in there. Um, And so there could be, I mean, there could be another. There's not, I don't believe there. So there is one, but there also could be, for lack of a better word, a backup plan. (laughs) Just in case. I'm saying that there's a one and there's also a two. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, I'm saying that because everybody has their own will. And if God is like, okay, I want you two together, but one or the other is like, no, then God's not going to leave you out there. Right. He's a loving father. So that's why I say that. But I do believe. Yeah. Gentlemen. I will sit here in silence till nine if I have to. I am I would, hearing from you on this. I would agree with Christine. I would agree with Christine. I second that emotion. I'm sorry, but yeah. Yeah, I know for real. I, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, all jokes aside, I would agree okay. with that. Yeah. Okay. Is there... <laughs> that joke is so funny. Is there a one? Um scripturally, does the Bible tell you that there's one person that you uh, uh, are destined to marry? No. No, The Bible gives you a pool and boundaries and guidelines towards the type of person you should marry. And so scripturally, is there one person that God made for you to marry? The Bible doesn't say that. Now, it doesn't mean that God hasn't uh, obviously gotten his sovereignty, knows everything, right? And so that's really the question, I think greater of like that sovereignty versus free will. Um, people have been debating and talking about that for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. So 15 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Solve it. So I'll answer that right now. Um, <laughs> but the, like scripturally speaking, yeah. there are many people and 
in the pool of which you can choose to uh, marry in. And that there's, uh, don't be unequally yoked with a non-believer, that a man should be, you look at the guidance that Timothy give, that Paul gives to Timothy as uh, like an overseer, or you look in Proverbs and you see what is desirable in a woman or in a husband. Um, I think those are the guidelines and the boundaries in which we operate in when finding somebody to marry. Very good. Very good. There's a number of questions in here about dating. We will have a conversation about dating in a couple of weeks. So I've saved some of those. We can re-ask those in a few weeks. Um, there's other questions about I, what I would just kind of lump in as kind of like the quality of my relationship in terms of understanding the intent of the person that I'm, that I'm with. If they're, if they're acting single, if they're not, right, or we're in a relationship or, we're, you know, but what are we? Um, and this is, I think, um, where there's no... There's no replacement for communication and transparency and honesty. And like, if you're seeing behaviors you're not happy about seeing, then you, then you address those behaviors. You have a conversation about it. If that person is not mature enough to have a conversation about that, that that's probably your answer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause you cannot be bound to life for somebody who cannot talk about their actions or who cannot be held accountable by you. Now the Bible says, let truth and loving kindness meet. And so you do that in loving kindness, but I think there's something to be said there. I always questions about married people being friends with singles. I always have a number of questions to ask back about that. I don't believe married men should be uh, close friends with single women. I don't think there's a place for that. Uh, you can be, you know, friendly. Like, like we talk, Christine was like, I don't have any you know, friends that are men. I was like, Christine, I thought we were friends. <laughs> But we, we understand what we're saying, right? This idea that we're going to be like texting or doing or things like that. Um, if there's a desire. And, yeah, and I think you gave a great answer to that last week when you said uh, the person you used to work with and the Michelle was like, I'd yeah. rather you not. And then you deferred to your wife. That's part of the gift of singleness and the gift of marriage is that if you're married, you should defer to your wife, your wife. A hundred percent. Right. So I think you modeled that really well, to be honest, okay. and spoke from a place where you could tell us to do that because you did it first. Right. So I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Um, there's a couple of other you're questions. You're welcome, man. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Find a friend who encourages you. There's a couple of other questions here just as we close that, um, that, I, that I would say are probably a bit more pastoral in nature. It's a conversation. So can my relationship be repaired if God has promised me something but it doesn't seem to be coming to fruition? I would say that's an important question to seek answers to. And that's a question that's going to uh, require conversation. There's other things in there about the desires of our hearts and, and these things that, that I would just encourage you, man, our pastoral team is available to sit and to pray with you, to have a dialogue about this. The easiest way to do that would just be to email pastor at gracecove.org and request to set up a meeting with somebody. Um, this forum was intended to draw out questions. And so we get through as many as we can, but it gives us insight to some of the true pastoral need and the hurts and the heartache of our congregation, which we don't want to relegate to. Sorry, we ran out of time. We do want you guys to be able to find answers, have conversations about that. Your small group leader might be a great place to go for that as well. But I would just encourage you lastly, uh, with that. So can we thank, can we, can we thank our panel, our crew here tonight? You survived. You did wonderfully. I can't wait to do it again. We might have to have you guys back.